This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, it's my birthday today, uh, which one I'm keeping secret, but I'm giving myself a little present. I'll listen to one of my favorite comedians, Jack Benny. You know, Jack began studying violin, an instrument that became his trademark at age six, his parents hoping for him to become a professional violinist. He loved the instrument, but hated practice. (laughs) Sound familiar? In 1911, he began playing the violin in local vaudeville theaters for $7.50 a week, so he had to be pretty good. At one point, Benny formed a vaudeville musical duo with pianist Cora Folsom Salisbury, a buxom 45-year-old divorcee who needed a partner for her act. This provoked famous violinist Jan Kubelik, who feared that the young vaudevillian with the similar name would damage his reputation. So under pressure, legally, Benjamin Kobelski agreed to change his name to Benny. He left show business briefly in 1917 to join the United States Navy during World War I and often entertained the troops with his violin playing. Now, one evening, his violin performance was booed by the troops So, with prompting from fellow sailor and actor Pat O'Brien, he ad-libbed his way out of the jam and left them laughing. In 1932, after a four-week nightclub run, he was invited onto Ed Sullivan's radio program, uttering his first radio spiel. This is Jack Benny talking. There will be a slight pause while you say, Who cares? Well, I do, Mr. Benny. Now, let's open the laugh gates with an episode from that first show aired in 1949. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the sportsman, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, for 16 years, I've been introducing the star of our show. And after all those years, you'd think I'd run out of things to say about him. Well, I have. So here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, Don, that wasn't a very nice introduction. Well, I'm sorry, Jack, but after 16 years, I just couldn't think of anything new. Oh, you couldn't, eh? Well, Don, I'm sure that if I were introducing you, I wouldn't have that trouble. Oh, yes, you would, Jack. You've been saying the same things about me for years. Well, I'll bet you can't say anything that I haven't heard before. Oh, yes, I can, Don. What? You're fired. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen... (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, we'll proceed... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jack. You're not serious, are you? Well... You can't fire me. After all, I've got a wife and three chins to support. <laughs> Don, stop worrying. You've been with me for 16 years, and I hope you're with... Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Hello, Don. Hello, Mary. I'm sorry I'm late, Jack, but my car wouldn't start this morning, and I had to take the bus. Oh, that's all right, Well, Don. say, Mary, if your car ever gives you trouble again, why don't you call on me? I'll drive you down. You've seen my new car, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I have, Don, and on you it looks good. Certainly does. By the way, I understand you called me on the phone yesterday. What did you want? Well, you always like to know when I get letters from my mother, and I got one yesterday. In fact, I brought it with me. Oh, a letter from your mother, eh? Uh-huh. Well, what does the mock kettle of Plainfield <laughs> have to say? Well, just a second, I'll read it to you. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> my darling daughter, Mary. As you'll notice from the stationery, I'm writing this from the Plainfield Hotel. The reason we're here is because three days ago, we shut the house up and had it fumigated on account of the pests. We got rid of them, all except your Uncle Lou and Cousin Willie. Well, it's about time. We really your don't... Your mother wasn't, didn't start out very funny, incidentally. Go ahead. <laughs> we really don't mind Willie, as he's very little bothered. He spends all his time down in the basement with his printing press. He has to work night and day because his biggest, biggest competitor is the United States government. Your mother writes them all right. You just can't read them. <laughs> I was blaming the mother. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. Oh, there's more. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, Mary, dear, I kind of like Willie because he's so sweet and thoughtful. Every Mother's Day, he gives me a $10 bill with my picture on it. Oh, I guess I was right in the first place. <laughs> now for a paragraph or two about your sister, Babe. Ah, good. This is the part I like. <laughs> Since the warm weather is here, your sister, Babe, got herself one of those new French bathing suits. She tried it on yesterday, and I haven't seen so much of Babe. Since the doctor said it's a girl. <laughs> However, she's very happy with the suit. Next month, she's entering a swimming contest. A contest? Yeah, I didn't even know that she could swim. Oh, sure, Jack. Babe's a regular mermaid. Well, I've noticed the resemblance, except the, the wrong half looks like a fish. <laughs> I'm funnier than your mother today. <laughs> Continue with the letter, Mary. Okay. And uh, Mary, dear, you'll be happy to know that Babe is also taking dancing lessons from Arthur Murray. Well. <laughs> he got a swell deal, too. He teaches her dancing, and she fixes his plumbing. I knew she could do it. You know, Mary, your mother writes some of the funniest letters, though, I've ever heard. Oh, she certainly does, Mary. They're loaded with laughs. Yeah, they're screams. Oh, hello, Dennis. When did you come in? When they found out Mary's sister Babe was a girl. Oh, then you missed the start of the letter. Would you like me to read it to you? Oh, no, I'll hear it on tonight's rebroadcast. Oh, yes, yes. By the way, Dennis, you were off the program last week. Uh, was anything wrong? Oh, no, Mary. Mr. Benny gave me a week off so I could go away for a little vacation. I sure enjoyed myself. I went fishing on Lake Mead. Well, how was the fishing, Dennis? Oh, it was wonderful. Boy, was I lucky. What'd you catch? Four trout, three perch, five bass, and a high-button shoe. A high-button shoe? Yeah, but it was too small, so I had to throw it back. <laughs> oh, fine. He bought a shoe. You see the hip boot that got away? <laughs> oh, quiet. I wish I could get away and do a little fishing. That's one of my favorite sports. Fishing? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a thrill it is to hook a silvery rainbow trout. 
one of nature's loveliest creations. What a sight as it breaks the water in a shimmering shower of glistening drops and the sunlight reflecting on its iridescent beauty. Look how he describes the fish. Me, he can't see anything nice. <laughs> Talking about. Nothing, nothing. Say, Dennis, how long were you at Lake Mead? Oh, we were there for a whole week, and I spent all my time out on the boat. A whole week on a boat? A bath there, you landlubber. Larboard the starboard and drop the anchor. Look, Dennis. Give him the timbers, a man, the pumps, or we'll all drown like rats. Dennis, that's enough. Ahoy, me hearty, batting the barton and pooping down the poop deck. <laughs> Now, Dennis, that's enough. Do you hear? Oh, that talk, Mr. Christian, or I'll swing you from the highest yacht arm of the British fleet. Oh. Harry, <laughs> see what you can do with him, will you? Dennis, Jack is right. Why don't you Let Dennis... the men mutiny, my lass, and don't worry. The ship may be rocking and pitching, but I'll sail it through this hurricane or... 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 Dennis, what's the matter? I'm seasick. <laughs> Good, good. Now, look, Popeye, it's time for your song. What are you going to sing? Careless hands. Okay, let's have it. Aye, aye, sir.
Wireless Hand Sung by Dennis Day. Very good, Dennis. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we are going to do our version of that Warner Brothers picture, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And I better cast it right now. I, of course, will play the leading role. Of, of course. course. Listen, I'll give a performance that'll Okay, sing. folks, you're all in clover because Harris is here and this lull is over. Phil, Phil, why do you always have to come in here and ask the audience to applaud? Well, I ain't going to get no laughs with the jokes you give me, and I want to hear some kind of noise. <laughs> but you've got no right to complain about the jokes. You get as many laughs on this program as I do. That's what I mean. I want to hear some kind of noise. Applaud me, folks. Phil! Yeah. All right, all right. I'll read the stuff that's written here, but I thought a little ad-libbing would liven things. Hi, you live. <laughs> Hello, Phil. How are Alice and the children? Oh, fine, Liv, fine. Just left them. You know, this being the first day of May, I drove them over to the park for a big May party. A May party? Yeah, you should have seen all them kids. They looked so cute as they danced around me. Dance around you? Didn't they have a maypole? Yeah, but I was prettier. <laughs> Let me sit down with you, Dennis. I'm seasick, too. <laughs> well, you should have seen Mary's letter from her mother. Nice, huh? Yeah, she wrote the letter stuttering. She wrote it that way. <laughs> but look at Phil. You know, between you and Remley, I've never Wait seen... Wait a minute, you. Jackson. Hold it, Dad. What? Just a minute, bud. I don't care what you say about me, but don't pick on Remley. Phil, Phil, calm down. Yeah, what's wrong? Well, may as well tell you why I've always tried to protect Remley. Well, you see, well, I promised Frankie's poor old mother that I'd always look after her. Oh. When was that? When she threw him out of the house. <laughs> and I don't like to brag, Jackson, but I've taken pretty good care of Frankie during all these years. Uh, by the way, Phil, it's none of my business, but how much do you pay Frankie? Well, I, I don't give him no regular salary. I, uh... I just take care of his needs, like room, board, and bail. <laughs> oh, fine. Hey, Jackson, before I go, there was something I wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah, look, last week you told me you were going to buy a new car. What kind did you get? I didn't get any, Phil, but I may get a new one this summer. Well, look, be sure you get one of them new models that comes equipped with a Dynaflex superflowing Unijet turbo vasculator, which is synchromesh with a multi-coil, hydro-tension, duo-vacuum, dyne-no-modder. <laughs> Come in the modern fodder modern. <laughs> well, well, outside of that last word, listen, that was amazing. I mean, how'd you ever say that? A Harvard man fixes my teeth. <laughs> well, I gotta be leaving. So long, kids. So long, Phil. Hey, folks, I'm leaving. You want to throw just one more on me? Phil, get out of here! Oh, boy, what a character. You know, Jack, Phil is conceited. Conceited? Mary, you should have heard the things he told me yesterday while I was giving him a Tony. 
Now, where were we? Well, you were casting the play we're going to do. Oh, yes, the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Now, Don, you're going to be my partner when we go hunting for gold. And, Dennis, you're going to be the old prospector, the part that was played by Walter Houston. And let's see, uh, where's Mel Blank? Here I am, Jack. Folks, it's Mel Blank. Give him a big hand. Jack, we're all going to be in the play. Why don't you just give him applause? Well, Mary, I have to. It's in his contract. You mean you give money and applause, too? No money, just applause. <laughs> Amazing, you know, how much you can save when you got a lot of hams working for you. <laughs> now, Mel, you're going to be the leader of the Mexican bandit. And, oh, yes, Dennis, besides being the old prospector, you'll come in later as one of the bandits. Gee, two parts. It's hard to believe I can sing, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our version, of Warner Brothers' thrilling adventure story, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. As our scene opens, it's a hot, humid, sultry day, and a lonely, hungry, penniless American is roaming the streets of Tampico, Mexico. See what I can do in this saloon. See, this place is crowded. Hey, bartender. Bartender. Hey, si, senor. What will you have? Give me three fingers. Hey, three fingers of what? Just three fingers. I'm hungry. <laughs> Give me three fingers of anything. If I don't get something to eat pretty soon, I'll go crazy. Hi, big boy. Huh? Good to see an American down here, even though you do need a shave and your clothes are torn. You look like a derelict. What's the matter? It's a long story. I used to be a famous radio comedian. I had a big house, a swimming pool, and everything. And all of a sudden, I'm a bum. What happened? Television. <laughs> Television? What's that? I don't know, but the wrestlers have all the good writers now. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about me. What's a girl like you doing way down here in Mexico? I work in the Tampico branch of the make company. <laughs> they have a branch in Mexico? Yeah, I'm in the Jose department. <laughs> better than your mother's letter. <laughs> now, look, sister. How about you and hey, me? Hey, Bogey. I've been looking all over town for you. Who's your friend? That's my partner, Curtin. Sam Curtin. He and I came down here looking for gold. Yeah, gold. Every time I think of it, I go crazy. Gold. Gold. I can see it now. There it is. There it is. It's mine. It's mine. Gold. Gold. Look that back. That's my pivot tool. <laughs> No, sister. He goes crazy every time he thinks of gold. 
Well, doesn't gold mean anything to you? Yeah. I can take it or love it. I mean, Lisa. Well, you boys are interested in looking for gold. There's an old prospect around here who knows every foot of the Sierra Madre. If you can get him to go with you, you'll strike it rich. Where does the old prospector live? You can't miss it. You're right down Flamingo Road. Flamingo Road. Flamingo Road. Flamingo Road. Are you stuttering? No, but I promised Warner Brothers I'd mention it three times. <laughs> Come on, Curtin. Let's go. Hey, Curtin, this would be the house where the old prospector lives. Yeah, knock on the door. Okay. Howdy, Bob. My name is Humphrey Bogey. What's yours? Titus Houston. Well, we've heard that you know all about the gold in the Sierra Madre, and we thought maybe you'd come up into the mountains with it. Sorry, son, but I'm too old for that now. There was a time when I used to go up into them hills and stay for months and months at a time. Uh Then it would get me. I was only human, you know. I'd have to come back, be back in town with a load of gold, and in a couple of nights, I'd blow it all in. Women, eh? No, Kleenex. I got hay fever. Well, look, old-timer, if you won't go with us, maybe you can tell us where we can find the gold. Sure. Here's a map of old Mexico. See? You can't go wrong. You take the main road through Tampico till you pass El Paso. After you pass El Paso, you go through El Truo and turn left at El Lefto. Well, if we turn El Rito. That's El Rongo. <laughs> Is that where the gold is? Nope. That's where you buy your burrows. Burrows? Yep. There's a place right on the corner. Madman Hernandez. <laughs> and he'll sell them to us? Yep. But you'll have to carry an awful lot of water for them. Why? Hernandez wanted his burrows to look like Buick's, so he cut holes in their sides. <laughs> oh, well, we got to be getting along, old-timer. You sure you don't want to come with us? Nope, but I'll see you later. You will? Yep, I come back on page 12 as a Mexican bandit. (laughs) Well, come on, Curtin. Let's go. What's the matter, Bogey? You look unhappy. Well, why shouldn't I be? We've got the map. We know where the gold is, but we can't get it because we don't have any money to buy equipment. Well, senora... Senora, huh? in there, in the saloon, there is a telephone call for you. In there, for you. In the saloon. In there. Huh? For you. For me? In there. Is it an important call? <laughs> See, an important call. For you. A telephone call for me. Who could it be? I'm 2,000 miles away from home. Well, I might as well find out. Come on, Curtin. Wait for me at the bar, Curtin. I'll answer the phone. Okay. Hello? Yeah, speaking. Huh? Sure, I can answer that. The Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock in 1620. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, Curtin! What's up, Bogey? We got the burrows, the picks, the shovels, the sleeping bags, and a refrigerator. Where'd you get them? That phone call. I just won them on a quiz program. Tacos <laughs> or leave it. 
don't find it gold. All right, before we go, I want to buy drinks for the house. Okay, everybody. The drinks are on me. Hooray! Come on, everybody. Up to the bar. Hey, Bogey, those four Mexicans just came in a waving at you. Where? Oh, yes. Buenos dias, amigo. Come on, boys. I'll pay for it. Let's have a song. <laughs> Little burro. Si, we will take the little burro. 
It is equipped with the Dyniflex Super Flowing Uni Jet Turbo Vasculator, which is synchronized with the Multi Coil Aero Tension Dual Vacuum Dynamo Meter, I think. <laughs> I will tell you what I do, senor. I give you a fighting chance. Here's a weapon for you and a weapon for me. What? You count to ten and may the best hombre win. All right. All right, I'll count to ten. One, two, three. Ooh, not yet. <laughs> Four, five, six. Ooh, wait a minute. Seven. Oh, you're cheating. I think. Nine. Ten. You missed me. That's better. Bogey. Bogey, when he started shooting, why didn't you shoot back? I couldn't. He gave me a knife. Goodbye, Curtin. Gentlemen, your life, your property can be lost through fire. Don't let it happen in your home, in public places, or in the country. Be careful. Be on guard against fire. Prevent fires in your community. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another program, and we'll be with you again oh, next Jack. Sunday night when we... Huh? Jack. What? While you were doing the sketch, a wire came for you from Humphrey Bogart. From who? Humphrey Bogart. Not from Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> Mary, yeah. what's the matter with you today? A wire came to me from Humphrey Bogart? Yes. Well, read it to me. This wire you don't read. You twist it around your neck. Be sure to hear Dennis Day in a day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows immediately. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. It's time to turn out the lights and be frightened, very frightened. Yes, it's time for Lights Out. Arch Oblers, Lights Out, everybody. It is Later than you think. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These lights out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. What you're going to hear now is pure radio. Not a play for a pictureless TV. It's radio. About two people, one of whom may be you, in Mirage. 
looking for you. Fly for you. Now, look, Linda, this party, it's getting a little too much for me. It's a great night. How about a little walk on the beach? All right. But quickly, before someone changes my mind. You get the rest? No. No, I'll let the moonlight keep me warm. That <laughs> <sighs> is good. Careful. My there. You know, I never could understand the hunters. They build this place here on the shore, and then when they give a party, they seal the windows hermetically. Here, down this path. Yes. Boy, that breeze off the sea is good. Don't you think so? Frankly, Carl, I didn't come out here for the air. I've been very anxious to talk to you. Very. That's flattering. Won't be when you hear why I want to talk to you. Carl, I always liked you. And are you? Liking you, I've tried to understand you as you are, but... Must you be so antisocial? Antisocial? Me? The Rensselaer's had a dinner party last night. Oh. Oh, that. The office. I couldn't break away. The Carters were expecting you the night before last at the theater. Linda, I'm a businessman. Carl, you can't disappoint people continually and expect them to have any regard for you. My friends know I'm a busy man. You and I belong to a set that demands um, certain social obligations from us. I wonder if you know how pompous that sounds. Pompous or not, it's the truth. Carl, you can't just ignore social obligations. I'm here, am I not? Ocean's rather calm, isn't it? They were talking about you only last week at the pages. Pages? Say, J.B. made a good thing out of International Motors last week. Must have cleaned up a quarter of a million. Someone mentioned your name, and this other person laughed and said, <laughs> Don't invite him unless you let him bring his stock tickets. Idea, Matt. I hear the same about you wherever I go, Carl. There isn't a man I know who spends as much time at work as you do. That's what I want. Why shouldn't I? Oh, Carl, understand me. I appreciate the importance of money. But after all, you could find time for your friends. <laughs> when you laugh. I just remembered why I wanted to be alone with you. Well? I was going to lecture you. What? Lecture. Really, I was. I was going to tell you that you've been burning the social candle at both ends, or uh, words to that effect. Really? You are, you know. Bazaars and style shows and all that nonsense. But you took the offensive, so I forgot what I wanted to say. And that reminds me... You're remembering me... a great number of things, aren't you? Yep. One of the things was to tell you that you're looking very lovely tonight. The man's human. You're irritated with me, aren't you? I am. Oh, Carl, you could be an utterly charming man if you'd forget your socks and bonds and debentures and all the rest of that for a while and start enjoying it. Linda, now you've got me irritated. Just because my idea of living doesn't include a room full of jabbering idiots. I think we'd better go back. Now, wait a minute, Linda. Ah, oh, Linda. Let's call a truce on this. After all, we're a couple of mature people. Let's act maturely and leave each other alone and enjoy the night. How about it? Oh, you're hopeless. But, all right. Good. We'll get off on safe subjects. The sea, the weather, the moon, June, the number of days for Christmas. Exactly. We'll start with the sea. Calm, isn't it? You walk so fast, Carl. No. <laughs> I forgot. The sand must be ruining your slippers. No. Beach is packed so hard. I'm, I'm quite all right. Just don't walk too fast. Right. Fine place the hunters have here. They do have successful parties. Mm. Hunter bought this place right before 29. Understand he tried to unload it all through the Depression, but couldn't get even enough to cover the land value. 
Did you hear about Ivy's debut? Hmm? Margaret naturally wanted to have it at the Paramount, but Tom insisted on their country place. Well, that's understandable. Poor Tom dropped enough in that amalgamated merger to make him re-entrench all the way around. Oh? <laughs> Amazing. Man of his experience, not knowing that you can't disturb the capital investment of an organization without jeopardizing... Now, just a minute, Mr. Laughlin. If you're thinking of starting on capital investments again, I'd better remind you that this conversation is limited to, uh... Remember? June, moon... Hmm. What moon? Well, of all the inconsiderate clouds I ever... Carl, what are you staring at? I, uh... I can't quite make out. Do you see anything down there? Near the water's edge? Why... Why, yes, there is something there. It's so dark. Carl, it, it moves. I saw. Is it a dog? I'm not sure. Let's go closer. No, Linda, wait. Linda, come back. Carl, come quickly. What is it? Look, it's, it's someone sitting on the sand. Well, who in the world? Oh, a drunk. Just someone who's lost his way to the bar. Come on. Linda, wait. No, wait for what? I better see who it is and give him a hand. All right. You must play the good Samaritan. Go ahead. I say there, fella. What are the drunken fools doing? Digging for clams? Have to get closer. I say there, old boy. Trying to get a little wet there when the tide comes in, aren't you? Well, drunk and dumb. I guess you're right. Oh, let's go. No, 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 wait, please. Why? The moon will be out in a minute. I want to see what he's doing. Now we'll see. Why, it's an old man. Rising in the sand. What are you doing here? Yes, he just won't talk. Well, how do you like that? Riding in the sand with the point of his finger. Carl, I... I don't like this at all. Come away. What is it? Nothing. Nothing at all. If this, uh, this old man wants to sit here in the dark in the sand, let him. Why does it concern us? What's he writing? I, uh, I can't quite make out. No. The moon went under. Carl, are you staying here? Well, I'm sorry. I want to see what the man's writing. What are you writing, old man? Old man, don't you hear me talking to you? Oh, Carl, you're being insufferable. Linda, where's your curiosity? A deserted beach after midnight, an old man riding heaven knows what in the sand. Aren't you interested in knowing? I'm not interested in maniacs. Who else but a psychopathic would... Uh, Linda, be... wait. Uh, wait, uh, the moon's coming through the clouds again. Now we'll see. <laughs> you see it too? He's riding names in the sand. Names of people. Carl. What is it, Linda? Face. What'd you say? Face. Did you see his face? No, no, I didn't see it. Linda, what's the matter? Face. What about his face? The only blasted clouds I can't see. There. Light again. There's nothing wrong with his face. Uh, I thought... Just no man must be a gardener. Writing names in the sand. 
I want to know who he is. Well, now you're curious. I want to know who he is, Carl. And I'm certainly going to find out. Old man, we insist on knowing who you are. Do you hear me, old man? We insist. <laughs> no attention must be death. Clouds covering the moon. Seems so green. Even in the night. Carl, I'm cold. Let's go in. If that isn't like a woman, one minute you're curious and the next minute you're cold. Moon's bright now. Look. Look. You can see some of the names he's writing. John. Barclay. March 2nd, 1939. Well, that's today. Well, how do you like that? He wiped the name out. And he's writing another one. James. Ellison. March 2nd, 1939. Wipe that out. Writing another one. Name after name. But why? Old man, can you hear me? Why? What? What would he say? He's certainly not drunk. Eyes so bright, so intent on his work. And what work? Oh, don't laugh. Well, what did you say? He, he seems so, so busy. Linda, what is there about this old man that disturbs you? I think he's funny. Carl. A dirty little unshaven old man crops over writing names in the sand with a point of his finger. That's a serious career, isn't Carl, it? Oh, no. A career for one's old age. No overhead, no competition, no profit. Sit in the open air and write in the sands of time. Linda, I tell you, when I get too old for Wall Street, I think I'll join this old Carl. man. And... Huh? Look. Your name. He's writing. Your name. Well, what do you know about... E. A. The old fraud came here. Ah. Uh, Must have overheard you say my L. name. L. Pa. Your last name. He's writing that too. But that's impossible. He doesn't know. He is writing it. L. E. You. He doesn't know. Gee. Oh, I. How slowly he formed each letter. How does he know? Why does he write? Carl. Carl, what is it? I, I don't know. If you see. Don't. Don't let me fall. Oh, man. Oh, man, help me. Help me. My, My room. No. I can't breathe. No, I can't let you up. Oh, help me. Oh, help me, please. Carl, you're standing up again. I... I feel all right. What happened? Why did you frighten me so? My name. You said. Where? The fifth. It came in and wiped it out before he finished. Old man, why did you write my name? How'd you know who I was? 
Answer me. Why did you write my name? What difference does that make, Carl? You're ill. Let's get back to the house. No, no, I feel fine. Sudden dizziness, but I'm all right. I want to know how and why they don't... He's writing again. Well, I am your name. Yes. B. A. Carl, take me home. Wait, he can't possibly know your last name. J. E. Yeah, uh, he does know it. Oh, uh, please, I, I don't... F. E. R. Writing so slowly, as if he wasn't quite sure. But he does know it. Linda, how in the world do you imagine he knows... Linda. Carl. Uh, help. He's... Help me. Linda. Linda, what is I... it? Hold... Hold me. Yes, I'm holding you. Uh, Linda, in heaven's name, what is it? My heart. Linda. Oh, Linda. Oh, Linda. Linda. Oh. What? Carl. Why are you holding me in your arms? You. You were ill. Standing. I? What are you talking about? Are you joking? What is there to joke about? Carl, please let go of me. All right. Oh, yes, my name. He was writing my name. Yes. Where is it? The pen. He's writing another name. Where's mine? That wave. Must have washed it out before he finished. I, I remember now. My heart. I couldn't see you. Darkness. I was falling. Yes. Falling. Your face so white. Carl, why? As you wrote my name, I felt as if I were dying. <gasps> oh. And then you. You felt that way, too, as you wrote your name, didn't you? cold is it? How cold? Still writing. Oh, no. The moon. Come. Come. Stay behind me. Yes. Still where? Darker. In the darkness. I... I can't stand it anymore. Oh, man, who are you? Linda, stay away from him. Don't. Linda. Linda. What is it? No one. What? No one. Yeah. But. But he was here, I saw him. Come. Don't find him. Find him. I've got to know. I've got to know. Old man. Where are you? Old man. We've got to catch him. Come. Yes. Old man. Wait. Old man. Old man, wait. Wait, I beg you. Old wait. man, wait. I want to talk to you. I... No one. I... I thought... There he is. Where? The other way at the edge of the water. Old man. Wait, old man. Wait for me. 
thought I saw. But there's no one. Oh, no. If only the moon came out again. Find him for me, Carl. Find him for me. You blasted moon, get out. Come out. Oh, man. <laughs> Linda. What? Linda. You <laughs> laughing? Yes, of course I'm laughing. What we just heard. The wind. Our friends back at the house. Friends? Yes, friends. That wind and the sound of them talking, it, it cleared my head. I must have been out of my head all this time. And you too, Linda. Our friends? Yes. Yes, our friends. Back there, only a few hundred feet from here. Light and music and reality. This, this hasn't been reality? Linda, all my life I've been a practical man. My life has been like my business. Everything has had debits and credits. This, that's been happening to us. My head's clear now. I can think of it in practical terms. Tell me. We met an old man writing in the sand. He wrote my name. And mine, too. All that was real enough. Now then, how did he know our name? Yes. Simple enough. You and I are not unknown. He must have been an old gardener on the estate here. Yes, that's it. He heard of us and then heard us call each other by our given names. And so he knew the rest of us. But... When he wrote our names... We... Yes, 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 I know the dizziness. It's all quite easily explained. Back in the house, the air was bad. We came outside. Both of us nerves on edge. Too much fresh air. Dizziness followed and... Oh, I talk about it anymore. Let's go back to the house. Yes, Carl. Yes, quickly. Now, Catherine, not too fast to fall. I'm all right. Faster, Carl. I want to get back. A drink, that's what I need. A drink of two or three, a dozen. So very dark... Infernal cloud. Let's stay along the water's edge. Easier to walk. Yes. Fantasy in the night, that's all it was. We let our imaginations run away with it. Imagine things that didn't exist. Oh. Why do you stop? Why are you pointing? He's writing again. He's there. Writing again. Old man. Old man. No. Don't leave me. Oh, God, it's so dark. No. Gone. Again. Gone again. Take me back to the house quickly. Oh, quickly, don't stand there. We'll run. We'll... Wait, wait, wait. The moon. Shining down so strangely. Everything's so strange. So strange? Yes. Ah. At the edge of the water. What? Our names. Our names. Our names in the sand. See them. There's a deep written after my name. And after mine. I can't see the, the date. What? A wave is coming. Linda, come back. No, I've got to Linda! I did, too. I did, and I... 
the date when I... Oh, no. No. No, it isn't true. It isn't, it isn't. A date written in the sand, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't. Does it, Linda? I didn't think it would be so soon. You believe? Yes. I do too, somehow. But you too. No. No, I won't believe. I won't. I'm going to live a long time, 50, 60 more years. My family, they live long lives. My father, my grandfather, this can't be true. Carl, don't be so afraid. You're not. I am. And yet, somehow it's wonderful. Wonderful? Yes. Wonderful. But every person in the world wants to know. That year, when I... No. No, don't think of it that way. The wonder of it, Carl. Think of that. I never thought much about the wonder of things. Oh, how good the air is. Like wine. I've heard them call it that. I never believed a breath could be so wonderful. If a man planned every minute that was left, how much he could do... That's why I say it's wonderful, Carl. I know what I have left. I can plan the days, the hours, live each one because I know just how many of them I have. Carl, oh, Carl, I'm almost happy now. Happy? Yes. Yes, why not? Now I'll do the things I wanted to do. Yes. Everyone. I never really wanted that. But you always... Because that was the path my mother had gone. The one she led me to. But all the time, the snobbery of money. Those silly little family destinies. I wasn't happy. Because it wasn't what I really wanted. I knew that. But I went on because... Because always there was a tomorrow. I said to myself, tomorrow, some new tomorrow, I'll start, start the life I want. I didn't know... But now I know my tomorrow's call. I've got to start now. And so I will. And so I'm happy. What? A child, Carl. Yes. I want a child. Yes. I've said what I never thought to say. How I used to laugh at people with their children. Such clever, brittle things. And all the time my heart was in my eyes. A child. On the wind. Yes. It's the music of the night, Carl. Look up. Stars are saying. They know I'm free. For a little while. I'm free. You come? What will you do? I? What will I do? 
Yes. What will you do tomorrow morning? I. Tomorrow morning, I. I go back to my business, of course. My business. No. No. Carl, you're holding me. Yes, Linda. Linda, you and I, we've got to be together. Oh, Carl. You're right, there can be happiness here. So these days and months were free. I... I have never been free, have I? The cage of my business money. I am free now. Yes, I am. Travel, Linda, you and I. The world will climb up to these singing stars of yours. When I was a boy, I always thought I'd do that. Travel. Travel. Free. This little world, all of it, mine to know and have. I thought there was plenty of time to start. Tomorrow, there'd always be a tomorrow for me. Yes, I was immortal. I thought that, really. Most of us do, don't we? Everybody else in the world would live their lives and die, but I, always inside of me, I thought I'd live forever, and so I climbed into a cage and stayed there. Oh, you're holding me so close. You and I, Linda, together. Free until that day. Say it. Say it. Oh, my dearest. Why did it take death? It is later than you think. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's My Favorite Husband, followed by Sam Spade. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.